Is it time to reseal all the exterior trim, the lights, the compartment doors, and everything else has been attached to the side of your RV? This is Eric Stark with the Smart RVer Podcast, delivering the smarts you need to enjoy the freedom of the RV lifestyle without the fear of breaking down. All right, so we're about the middle of September. It's starting to get into the cooler time of year. A little more rain, snow, those things are coming. So this would be a good time to follow up on keeping that RV sealed. Nice and watertight for the winter time, especially if you store it outside. But before we dig into that, let's dig into living the RV life. Now, living the RV life is very unique. You know, it's it's like so many different lifestyles. You know, some people might be into motorcycle riding, so they're into that life, that lifestyle, and they they try they try to journal it or keep a record of it. And in the same thing with RV. So with an RV, you want to make it's a great way to make awesome memories but you have to put the initiative into it. You know, some things you're just going to remember, some things you won't, and some little things that can be very subtle can be brought out in different ways, maybe with a picture, a video, um, a receipt from something you purchased. I mean, it can come in so many different ways. So you want to make memories in your RV. And, you know, on RV, there's so many ways to do it. And there's so many different people using RVs. They enjoy this different lifestyle, whether they're young, old. It, it all revolves around the RV, though. The RV gives you an opportunity to create lasting memories. And not just with your family, but with friends as well. So here's a few things that you can do to really enhance that to make the memories. And now sometimes organizing them is a whole different story. Like if you take a thousand pictures, you know, if they're all just on your phone or you put them up to iCloud or something, you know, you got to organize them a little bit and then you got to go through them and make it easier to see them because who wants to scroll through a thousand pictures? Well, you might, but I'll guarantee your family and friends don't. They just want to see the good ones. But one of the things you want to do when you're out in your RV is get out and explore. Go check out different places. You know, there's sometimes so many places, and I've talked about this in a, in a previous episode, um, not too long ago, one or two, I don't remember, but get out and explore different areas. Look at different things. You know, the different cultures, depending on where you're going, the cultures can change dramatically. And sometimes, you know, we're kind of afraid of that. We don't want to explore. Oh, that's different, you know, or that's a different type of food. I don't want to mess with that. Um, that's how I am with food. You know, you're not going to get me to eat something else if it doesn't look right, you know. But I sometimes like the culture, though, the the way they do things, you know, or the if they're making stuff, you know, things they're selling, sometimes it's very interesting. So it doesn't matter if you're at a national park, if you're just driving down the highway on a nice scenic um, drive, you know, there's a lot of places where you can just go for a drive. But soak in the surrounding areas. Take some pictures of it. Pictures, you know, are worth a thousand words, right? But it's taking the pictures, organizing them, and going back and look at them, sometimes sharing them with family and friends. It brings out more things because, hey, what happened in this picture? Then you can explain it, and you start remembering things too. And sometimes you bring back memories that you kind of forgot about that actually were pretty good, pretty fun. And try new things. Don't just be the creature of habit like so much, so many of us are. Go to different campgrounds. You know, Some people constantly go to the same place, the same campground. They eat at the same restaurants. Do the same activities. Try something different. So if you normally go hiking, why not try kayaking? If you normally go biking, why not try hiking? 
or whatever it is, different things in the area. So that's going to help you enjoy it more. You're going to have more um, fun with your whoever you're traveling with. It's going to just create more memories, especially if it's doing things that you can't kill yourself at and you're horrible at it and it just becomes very funny, you know? <laughs> <laughs> you know, like zip lining, you constantly fall off. No. So there's a lot of things. Um, so document the adventure as well. You know, whether it's keeping a handwritten journal, taking pictures, shooting videos, or a combination of everything, or buying little trinkets wherever you go. Like my wife and I, we have like 50 million magnets. We buy magnets from everywhere we go. Our refrigerator is covered in magnets. You know, it's, I'm surprised it even works. I'm surprised the magnets don't throw off the motors or something. So that's what we do. And that's just one of the things, you know, we take pictures. Um, I take pictures without people. Alexis, do you take pictures with people or without people? Oh my goodness. Well, a lot without, but my husband and I usually try to take a couple pictures of us in it, you know, at least a couple. <laughs> All right. So I'm not alone there. <laughs> you know, it's just taking pictures. I just like taking pictures and generally without people, I just feel they're better, but that's me. <laughs> Unless it's something humorous worth taking a picture of. Exactly. But, you know, just document it, ever how you do it. Um, like I said earlier, sometimes keeping a receipt from someplace that was very unique, the receipt in itself isn't the memory, but it's the place it reminds you of. You know, like, you know, I don't know, someplace you ate and it was just totally unique, you know, the service or something about it, the the, the decorations, you know, or whatever it might be. So it's just saving little things, you know, you know, it could be a box of candy that will yeah. remind you of a city you're at in a state you're in, mm -hmm. you know, maybe you've never seen it before. And then you get home and you find out, well, you can get it everywhere. You just never really noticed it before, you know, but you thought it was special and it's still a special to you because it was your memory. I keep ticket stubs from everywhere I go, like subway ticket stubs, movie. Okay. That's what I keep. <laughs> so there you go. You know, it doesn't matter what it is. We all keep something, you know, Maybe receipts just to see how much money you spent so you don't go there again. <laughs> you know, make memories in the RV. That's the point of it and involve the family, you know, and let everybody have a share in it. You know, if you have kids with you, let them buy things that remember that will help them to remember that trip. Talk about it later on. You know, sometimes a lot of stuff comes out that we forget about or it's just super humorous and it can be really fun to do. Next time you go on, Go in your RV on a trip, make a concerted effort to take some pictures or videos, and then share them with at least one other person, whether it's in the family or not, a family or friend, but take some pictures or videos and then share them or put them on social media and share them and look at the comments you get, but do something with them rather than just hide them away. Okay, now let's go to staying on the road. So we're getting to this topic now of is it is it time to reseal the exterior trim lights compartment doors and everything else because there's a lot of stuff that's been nailed to the side of your rv as they might say you know you got a lot of things there so what's on the side of your rv that could possibly need to be resealed you know you might be thinking what is he talking about because well sometimes we just don't think anything needs to be done and so we're going to talk about the sides of the RV. So the front, the rear, right and left-hand side. The roof is off limits and underneath is off limits. We're just talking about the sides. So most of this stuff you could actually do on the ground. Some you'll have to do on a ladder. So what is on the side of your RV? Well, you have clearance lights, tail lights, baggage door catches, 
porch and utility lights. You have windows, aluminum trim where the corners come together, the awning rail. You have the entrance door. It has a flange on it with sealing on it to keep water out. Water heaters. Some furnaces are installed from the outside, so they need more of a more attention than maybe one where just the uh, the exhaust comes out. There's ports for solar, for power, for cable, for phones. If you still have a phone, you know the old-fashioned type that plug in. I don't even think parks do those anymore, but you might have a port for that. So, you, you know, it's, you, it's there, you're going to keep it. But so it's that stuff and anything else that is attached to the side of the RV that all needs to be sealed up. Any type of water leak can cause some serious damage. And so why does it matter? Why am I bringing this up? Well, it's because of what I see and you know, what we hear in the store. When you look at the side of an RV, like yesterday, we had one in the shop. And in fact, I forgot to bring the light up here to remind me, but I remembered somehow there's a taillight. I'm going to get to this in a minute. But the RV looks like nothing has been on, done on the outside. You can see that there's some serious problems starting. The, you know, it was probably about 20 years old. It's never had any resealing done. You can tell. And it's just been neglected. You know, it's just neglected and the people are more focused on just using it and making sure that the things that they use do not break. Like we put a, a main board in it for a converter and some other things, a new tongue jack, but you can see all the other problems that it has. Well, in this case, these people needed a, a taillight. Um, so they figured just one taillight needs to be done. But when you're really looking at it, they're both the same age. They're both plastic. They both of them really should have been done, but they only wanted to do the one. And when we took the taillight off, you know, the plastic housing, so it's, you know, about eight inches by four inches, it had uh, putty tape on the back of it. That's a great way to seal it, but the putty tape never touched the fiberglass siding. It still had the crinkles in it from the release liner that it comes with. So it never did its job of sealing. Now there was some silicone that was put around the light and that helped uh, make a seal on it, but you can still see that there were water issues when it came off. So when we put it back together, it had butyl tape put around the edge of the light. So when it was put up to the RV and the screws were tightened, the butyl tape made the seal. Now we put silicone across the top, a light, not silicone. I take that back. Dicor cap sealant. Silicone is the worst thing you can use. I'm probably going to get to that in a minute. I am going to get to that in a minute, but you know, you want to seal it. And sometimes these things just don't get done. And my point here was that sometimes one thing can break and that's all we focus on is the one thing. We neglect everything else when in reality, there's a lot of stuff that needs to be done. You know, a clearance light could be another example of that. You know, you got one clearance light that maybe the, the base breaks and you have to replace it. And you just replace the one clearance light and you might even just put it back without even any sealant on it. Just, ah, whatever, it's a clearance light. Well, it has a couple of holes behind it, a hole for the wire to come through. So there's an opportunity for water to get in there and cause damage. And sometimes you don't see it for a long time. Now, one day, all of a sudden, the wall is rotted out. The sides are delaminating or the paneling's falling apart on the inside. That clearance light can cause a lot of damage. So you might want to look at the others while you're doing that. For me, I would just probably replace them all. If one was bad, I'd probably replace all the clearance lights on the side. It's going to take more time. 
But when you're done, all the bases are brand new. And in this process, you might find out that clearance light you have is no longer available. So why not just upgrade them all to something better? You know, it doesn't necessarily have to be LED, but just put something new on there that's modern or still available. And that way, if you break a lens down the road, you're covered. It's not a big deal. Then everybody, everything's been sealed up again and you're done. That's nice. That's the way to do it. But it doesn't always work that way. So am I asking you to go home now or go outside and take everything off the side of your RV and reinstall it with new butyl tape and sealant? Not even. You know, what I'm really doing is suggesting that you look at your RV, look at the exterior, and what needs to be sealed. Now, maybe your RV is 20 years old and everything looks okay, but is it really? You know, a lot of items, well, most everything on the outside is sealed with butyl tape or putty tape underneath it. Then they put a sealant on top, and quite often it's silicone. But that sealant might be gone, or maybe they never did that. It's just the butyl tape and you know, or putty tape actually, and it's drying out, and you can see that it's shrinking up, and so it's not going to have that same watertight seal that it had when it's new. And you might not have a problem um, with a water leak. It might be not be noticeable anyways. You might not see water on the inside, but you could be a problem could be brewing, and you're not aware of it yet. Or you might look at your RV and everything's good. You know, you look at it and not everything looks 100%. My RV is only three years old. My RV is 10 years old, but they really did a good job at the factory. Well, that's great. Then you don't have to do anything. Then just keep an eye on that type of stuff. And it might not be where you have to do it all at once. Or you might decide, I'm going to do everything, but I'm just going to do it in steps. But just make sure that it's sealed right when you do that. Because it's the right way and the wrong way. And... Here, we do not use uh, putty tape. We don't even sell putty tape. It's butyl tape. Putty tape dries out. It works good on smaller things like a baggage door catch, but it does shrink up. It dries out. It doesn't have the same sealing abilities that a butyl tape has. So we prefer butyl tape. It's a little more expensive, but it's really not that, you know, it's not twice as much or anything like that. But it's just a better product. And butyl tape, as far as we're concerned, is the best way to seal up an RV, everything on the outside that requires it. You know, your roof vents, your, well, skylights, you know, the, the uh, butyl, liquid butyl, I don't know what you call it. It comes in a cartridge. It squeezes out like a cartridge of uh, silicone. You know, that's for skylights. But you want to use the right thing. But generally, butyl tape is going to be used on just about everything on the exterior. And it works great. So sealing it right is important. Like the example I said of the tail light, it plenty of putty tape on there, but it didn't even make a seal. You know, it was, it's really ridiculous. Um, so I hung on to that because I'd never seen one like that before. You know, you see a lot of weird things, but that's like not even doing the job at all. And that RV paid for it, you know, that had water damage. So you want to make sure that it's sealed right. You know, take your time, clean off all the old sealant and the, butyl tape, putty tape, whatever it might be. Get off everything that you possibly can. Some things are going to be more important than others. You know, a roof vent, you don't want to have to redo it. So make sure you take your time and do it right. So when you're sealing it, you know, depending on what it is, you're going to want to do it with certain materials. If it's butyl tape, like on a roof vent, you're going to clean everything off. Hopefully you're putting it on a new vent, put on a layer or two layers of tape. 
I prefer two layers. You get more that squeezes out. There's more waste, but it's definitely going to make a better seal. After that is done, you know, if it's on a rubber roof, put on lap sealant on top of the screws and around the edge. So it gives it that extra layer of protection, especially on the roof. And don't go crazy. You don't need to just load everything up. Sometimes you see an RV that at the factory, they, they seal it up, especially on the roof. You know, they go up there with big guns. And, you know, it's putting out a one-inch bead, and they goop it up, and, you know, it looks like they used 400 gallons of lap sealing on the roof when they only needed, you know, a quart. <laughs> but that's a big gun and people that don't care. So don't go overboard with it. And don't layer up stuff. On the roof, you're going to layer up on the lap sealing because it's hard to get that off. But, like, if um, you have windows and they have silicone on them and it's leaking don't just put more silicone on it. That's not how you fix a problem. That just puts more silicone on it. Do it right and take the window out and reseal it properly. And now anything with butyl tape that's been sealed on the side of the RV, generally you put a layer of sealant over it. A lot of people use silicone. And here, I'm going to get into this right now. Silicone is messy. Well, both of them are messy, but silicone is very slippery. It's very hard to get off the side of an RV or off of anything after it dries. It's not friendly for cleanup. It gets on your fingers and it spreads everywhere else where sealant, like a Dicor cap sealant, it's not as messy. It actually flows better. It's going to dry and it's going to look better. It's going to look more professional when it dries. And that's my opinion. Some people love silicone. I hate silicone because I don't think it's that good of a product. It might seal, but it's a mess and it's a disaster down the road when you go to clean it up. Where like a Dicor cap sealant, it's going to last for a long time and be problem-free. But when you do, let's say, a window on the side of an RV, you know, you, you pulled it out, you cleaned everything off, you put on the butyl tape, you're going back together. When you get the window in and you cut out the excess butyl tape that is squeezed out, you can put a layer of sealant across the top of the window. You don't need to go down the sides, and you definitely don't need to do the bottom. You can just go across the top. So on a compartment door, the same thing, or if it's a, a, uh, a door for, let's say, your, your electrical hatch, you know, you can do across the top, but you don't need to do all the way around it. The water's going to leak down. You know, it's typically not going to go on the sides. You can do the sides if you really feel you need to, but go light on it. And the more you put on, the more you're going to have to clean off later on when you go to replace it because it will break again. Something will happen. So you want to keep it nice and clean. Don't make a mess. And, you know, you get it on your hands, wipe it off because you, otherwise you're going to start spreading it everywhere, yeah. you know. <laughs> and then it becomes a bigger mess. And then there's fingerprints everywhere. So that way if you're a criminal, you're going to get caught because they see your fingerprints. Uh-oh. <laughs> You know, if you're going to look at, you're looking at your RV and you decide, hey, it's just time to do everything. You know, I've walked around it. The taillights look like they need to be redone. The baggage door catches. Everything needs to be redone. Do it in bite-sized pieces. Don't just go in and strip everything off the side. You know, you might regret that because it might take you a lot longer to get it on than what you anticipated. Something might come up. It might have to sit for a few days, a few weeks. You know, if it's outside, then you're exposing it to the elements. If you're in an area where it's going to be raining, well, your resealing project now just let a whole bunch of water in there. You're kind of opposite of what you're trying to accomplish. So do it in bite-sized pieces. You know, you might decide 
especially if you've never done it before, maybe the, some of this is new to you. Maybe you're going to just replace the baggage door catches first. They're small, a couple screws each, not that complicated. You know, it's getting your feet wet. Do those. And then you might say, well, I'm going to take off these, uh, you know, these doors on the side for, let's say, the, the electrical cable and maybe a water door. And then you find that you break them. Okay, now I know they break pretty easy because they're plastic. So I got to be really careful with that or I just need to plan on buying new ones. You know, but you can work your way into this and find a comfort zone. And you might, after a few things, decide, you know what, they really did a better job than I thought. So I'm just going to leave it be. I'm just going to keep an eye on this stuff. But if all of a sudden, you know, if you decide to wake up one day and I'm going to go nuts, I'm going to take everything off the side of the RV. By the time you realize that, hey, maybe it's not so bad, you might already have everything laying on the ground, right? So we want to avoid that and just make sure that you take your time and clean everything off and put it together properly. And, you know, sometimes the screws will strip out, you know, because at the factory, they just run them in. And depending on what it is, if you've got butyl tape behind it and a layer of sealant on it, it might not even matter if one or two screws are stripped out, if it's a door and it's no load on it or anything. You don't want to just put oversized screws in all the time. Um, don't get too carried with it. Now, I'm not saying, you know, you neglect problems, but sometimes you have to be realistic about things. You know, if you can get a nut on it from behind, if, if maybe it's an electrical door, you know, you can get your hand in there, put a nut on the behind. That'd be great, you know, if you feel you need to do that. Because you're going to run into problems like that. You know, you can fill the holes and redo them. I mean, there's a lot of things you can do, but just... Don't go overboard with the entire project. Think of what's important and how important it is. And believe me, at the factory, they strip out all sorts of screws that you don't even know about. I mean, they put in, they put 100 screws in an awning rail. There might be 50 that are stripped out. They're not even doing anything. They're just there, okay? And, you know, speaking of awning rails, that's one of the things where I see a lot of water damage too is because the awning's up there. It's one of those things that's just neglected. The awning is pulling on that. Every time it comes out, it's putting uh, strain on it. So it's pulling it away from the side of the RV. It's a small amount. You can't see it, but water will get in there, especially if there's no silicone or a sealant across the top of it. So that's probably one of the harder ones to fix or to redo, but it's probably one of the worthwhile ones. Awning rails pull out quite a bit, and you go back to put them in, and there's nothing back there. There's no wood whatsoever, you know, so then you're having to use big uh, rivets to expand on the backside, which is okay, but it's better to just keep it, you know, watertight to begin with. So I think you get it. You got to just look at the side of the RV, go out there. You know, this is part of that hour a month that we talked about earlier. Spend the time, see where the maintenance needs to be, you know, and do that. And you might look at something, and depending on the time of year, you might say, well, you know what, that needs to get sealed, but I really don't want to buy the sealant right now because once I open it, I know it's just going to dry up if I use it on one thing. So maybe I'm going to wait a month or two to the end of summer before we get into the cold season. I'll take my chances and maybe do more things all at once. You know, but just make sure you're staying on top of it, that you're aware of it, that it needs to get done. You know, and, and sometimes these sealants get expensive, especially if you're just putting on a baggage door catch or something simple. All of a sudden, you got, you know, $15 in a cartridge that's going to dry up before you use it again. So, you know, putting it off might not be the worst thing in the world, but at least check it out and see what you need to do. So I want to ask you to send me some pictures of your do-it-yourself projects. 
So any project you have, large or small, I'd love to see it. It doesn't necessarily have to be the in the order you're doing it or before and after, but just some pictures of the projects. It's great to see what everybody's doing out there. But I'll tell you, some of the tasks or the projects you guys take on are huge. They're like what shops do that are afraid to do it, <laughs> you know, and it takes them a long time to do it. And sometimes the do-it-yourselfer get stuff done in days rather than weeks, and that's pretty cool. So send them to my email at eric at thesmartrver.com. That's E-R-I-C, eric at thesmartrver.com. I'd love to see what you're doing out there. So where are we going today, Alexis? What's our new place in the next stop? Well, I thought we'd head on over to Glacier Park. What do you think? <laughs> Glacier Park. Well, it's not yeah. too far from us. <laughs> North a few hours, right? Mm -hmm. That's right. So Glacier National Park. So that's in Montana, if you don't know where we're at. <laughs> Montana is still part of the United States. <laughs> so, so now we're all on the same page, right? So in Glacier National Park, I've never been there. I'd like to go there, <laughs> but you know, now that I'm closer to it, it's not as important. Like when I lived in California, yeah. hour away from Disneyland, how many times do you think I went to Disneyland? Probably once, maybe. <laughs> Two or three times. Yeah, that tends to happen. Yeah. <laughs> Knott's Berry Farm, not once. <laughs> Magic Mountain, I think two times. Wow. So you know how it is when you're close to something, it's not yeah. as important. Lose so hopefully... Hopefully that doesn't happen now. I really want to see Glacier. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so now what drew you to Glacier National Park? So beautiful. The I think the best thing about it is the going to the Sun Road, though. That is amazing. It's so much fun, and you make it to the top, and you just feel like, you know, you've done so much to get up there because it takes a while, <laughs> but it's so worth it. It's so beautiful. Okay, That's a big draw. So obviously you've been there. Oh, yeah. Hundreds uh, of times. <laughs> hundreds of times. Right. Do you guys hear that? Hundreds of times. <laughs> Going to the Sun Road, is it a paved road, a dirt road? It is paved all the way, but it's only two lanes, and the traffic does make it, you know, take a couple hours to get up there. So that's something to to expect so if you want to do it. Is it narrow? It is narrow. Yeah. Narrow <laughs> like in, let's say, Pakistan or someplace winding up the side of a mountain that you're going to fall off if you get a Maybe little too not that bad All it does right. have like a whole rock wall to keep you from falling off <laughs> okay rock wall so that mm -hmm. means the road is old mm -hmm. it is and what is there to see along the way oh my goodness there's the whole mountainscape oh there's um bird woman falls which is really cool when you get around to one of the corners you'll be able to see that that's amazing um, there's just so much along the way. There's falls that are right next to the road. Um, and just the whole time it's breathtaking. So it sounds like it's one of those roads where it kind of encompasses all the really, uh, picturesque things that you would find on a mountain road somewhere. Absolutely. Yeah. It's all just on one road. Absolutely. And yeah. so you go, for, do you know what the elevations are starting to end? No, <laughs> I do not. So it's probably like. Four or five thousand feet to maybe ten thousand oh, feet, I'm I sure. guess, or even higher, maybe yeah, twelve thousand feet. Probably. And isn't there snow on it year round? There is. There really okay. is. Yeah. There's parts um, up there that just never really see the sun too much. So yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> they don't let you on it when it's when you can't drive. So you know if you get there too early and there's still snow on the highway and mm -hmm. you can't go, they're not going to let you on it. It's, it's no. not open year round. That's for sure. Nope. 
Okay, so what else is there to see in Glacier National Park? Is there any cities there, little towns? Yeah, right when you enter the park, depending on where you enter it from, um, but the Columbia Falls side, there's um, Apgar, little village of Apgar, where you can do some shopping. There's a visitor center. There's a couple really good cafes. There's uh, cabins you can stay in if you don't bring your RV, but there's also a campground right next to it where you can stay with your RV, so... Lots of spots right there, and it's right on the lake. So if you want to do some swimming or fishing, you can do that as well. Swimming, that lake's probably cold. It is. <laughs> Columbia Falls, have you been there? I have, yeah. And so what's exciting about it? So the nice part of that is it's not in the park, but it's a couple miles outside the park. And if you were looking for it, because I know Glacier Parks, it gets very busy during the summer, and there might not be a lot of spots to stay in. But staying in Columbia Falls gives you the nice location because it's right there next to the park. But it also has a lot more, uh, a lot more restaurants. There's, you know, a lot of more shopping to do. So coffee, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> there's a lot there for you. All right, cool. So places to eat, there's cafes and stuff. Is there any one restaurant or cafe there that like has a reputation for one particular thing? Yeah, there's a, in Columbia Falls, it's called The Back Room, and it is famous for its fry bread. Amazing fry bread. If you go up there, you have to go there. (laughs) There you go, The Back Room. Yep. (laughs) Okay, for the fry bread. Uh Uh-huh. All right, nice. And so then, you know, Glacier has all the stuff there, the amenities for doing, like horseback riding, Mm. swimming, hiking, all that kind of stuff, kayaking. Yep. Is there any whitewater rafting there? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I've gone before, but, yeah, you can go. I don't know the name of the company, but as you're driving up to the park, they're on both sides of the roads, there's places you can pull off and, okay. and do it, so it's not hard to find at all. All right, cool. And then, of course, huckleberry ice cream, which huckleberries oh, yeah. are huge here. Yeah, you can't go wrong with huckleberry ice cream. <laughs> find that <laughs> everywhere, too. Yeah, it's kind of funny. Um <laughs> I find it interesting. <laughs> All right, so there's a lot to do there. And then um, are there any places for RVers to stay there? Is there an RV park? Yeah, actually. It's called West Glacier RV Park. And then there's there's Fish Creek, which you can also stay in. And then there's an uh, there's one, like I said, in Apgar Village that you can bring your RV to. So you've got a few options. And then in Columbia Falls, there's there's a few more as well. All right, very good. So that sounds like a great place to go. I've always hearing about glacier and a lot of people have been there yeah so i'm gonna have to get that on my schedule for to me that or to me that could be just a short easy trip too i think you'd like it yeah so it wouldn't have to be a cross-country deal but anyways <laughs> glaciers in montana and montana is just jam-packed with everything but it seems like glacier has all of montana put inside of it yep so it's montana in a jar basically <laughs> so it'd probably be easier to see that way and places to stay places to eat food's very important for all these trips yep all right so for more on that you can go to um, the smartrver.com and check out the next stop section so now in rv envy i'm going to talk about heaters we're getting that time of year like i said it's middle of september it's getting into the colder months and some people are still traveling in their rvs they go to arizona texas or they're just traveling in general it's just not winter time yet it's not time to park the rv So catalytic heaters are a great way to keep your RV warm in the colder months, and they're very efficient. And there's catalytic heaters, there's ceramic heaters, they're both kind of the same, 
I don't want to say the same thing, but they're the same size configuration. They work in very similar way. They have an open flame. They're heating either ceramic bricks or a, uh, or a, a catalytic pad. And they're pretty safe to have it in an RV, you know, something you don't have to worry about, but they're so efficient. And that's why people like them. They use very little propane compared to your regular furnace. Well, compared to anything in the RV, they don't use that much propane, but definitely compared to your regular furnace, they're going to heat the RV or a part of your RV, depending on the size of it and what size uh, heater you put in there. And they're easy to install. There's several different sizes. You know, there's not a bunch of sizes, just maybe three or four, depending on the brand. And it's all rated on BTU, but of course they have a physical size depending on the BTU. So it's small, medium, and large basically. So they'll fit in just about any configuration. They're very safe. And you know, it's something, one of those things that when you buy one, don't buy some obscure brand based, based on price, buy one that's a quality product something that has a reputation, it's a brand name. You know, brand names don't always mean quality, but when it comes to these converters, or I mean, these heaters, you don't want to buy one that's so cheap, it's such a bargain. And, you know, typically you find the really cheap ones on Amazon, and Amazon does not always sell good products. You have to be very careful what you buy there. Um, everybody shops on Amazon, but you have to be cautious just because they're selling it does not mean that it's safe and it's propane inside the RV. So you definitely want to uh, factor in safety, check them out. I'm going to have a link on our website at the smart for more information. All right. So I want to thank everybody for listening to the show today. Hopefully you got something out of it. You found a place to go. You decided to work on your RV, dedicate some more time to it. At any rate, I want to thank you for coming by. This is Eric Stark with the Smart RVer Podcast. It has been great hanging out with you. If I don't see you on the road, let's connect at the smartrver.com. <laughs>